0: Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Tom, and I'm your host. Tonight's story was written by Akela. We'll be celebrating Sukkot, a Jewish harvest festival, during Sukkot. Some people sleep outside in their sukkahs, the small huts where the harvest celebrations take place. So as we get settled into bed this evening, perhaps you can imagine a fresh autumn breeze brushing against your skin and the light of twinkling stars seeping through a roof made of palm and olive branches. Before our story, though, I just wanted to mention that it's been lovely reading all of your feedback on our recent episodes. I'm so pleased you're enjoying the show, and that hopefully it's helping you to regularly achieve a good night's rest. If you have any ideas, suggestions, questions, or just want to say hi, you can email us via the contact page on our website Go to GetSleepy.com to find it. And when you're there, you may also want to sign up to our free weekly newsletter, which I send out every Monday, previewing the upcoming episodes, and occasionally sharing updates or behind-the-scenes stuff that our current newsletter readers absolutely love. So, to receive that too, just enter your email address in the box that says Join Our Mailing List, on the GetSleepy.com homepage. So let's get settled in now, ready for our story. Tonight, I feel drawn to remind you all just how deeply grateful I am to have your company here. You all give the team and me such a special opportunity. To be your sleep custodians, and it's a real honor for all of us. With that in mind, I'd like you to have the opportunity to think about somebody that has helped you, supported you, or had a positive impact on your life. So take some calming, deep breaths. Luxuriating in the feeling of your muscles gradually relaxing. And just allow your mind to focus solely on one person you are grateful to know and to have or have had in your life. I'm really fortunate to have many wonderful special people in my life that I'm so grateful for. But in these moments, I often think of my nan. She was truly the most kind, gentle, and inspiring lady I've ever known. And though she's not around anymore, Whenever I spend a moment thinking of her, I feel so blessed to have been her grandson. Whoever comes to mind for you, I'll just give you a bit of space to picture them in your mind and to share in that gratitude. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing in that moment of gratitude with me. I hope it was enriching for your mind, heart, and soul. Continue to breathe slowly and steadily, relaxing further into bed. And as you do, allow yourself to let go and rest as we begin our celebration of the beautiful holiday of Sukkot. Once there lived a family who had an abundance of love, but very little in the way of material goods. They lived in a small town with their aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, and friends, and they loved nothing more than celebrating the holidays together. The father, Mordecai's favorite holiday, was Hanukkah, the beautiful festival of lights. The mother, Rivka, enjoyed the long Passover seders. Yehuda, their son, loved dressing up for the Purim. But their daughter, Hadassah, spent all year looking forward to the holiday of Sukkot. In the cool winter months, they'd walk down the street to their grandparents' house to light the Hanukkah candles. When the flowers started to bloom, they'd visit their cousins for the Passover Seder, When summer ended, they'd dip apples in honey to celebrate the new year at a friend's. But because their home was so small, they could never host the holiday celebrations. They loved celebrating in the homes of their loved ones but they wished they could host a celebration one year. Hadassah especially wanted to host Sukkot, the seven-day holiday where you spent your time outside decorating the sukkah, spending time with friends and family, and eating fresh fruits and vegetables. The holiday of Sukkot is one of the oldest in the Jewish tradition. Everyone builds small sukkahs or huts in their backyard, made of wood and branches. One day, Hadassah was playing outside behind their house, running amongst the wildflowers and taking in the sweet scent of fig trees. Other than not being able to host the celebrations, she didn't mind that their house was small because she had so much wild space to play in. Just then, Hadassah had an idea She skipped back home and burst into the kitchen, where her mother and father were having tea. Our house may be too small to have friends over for Hanukkah or Passover, Hadassah said, but Sukkot isn't celebrated indoors. It's outside, and we have more space outside than anyone in the town. It was true, while their house looked small next to their neighbors who had big dining rooms and lounges, their backyard was the largest in the area. Rivka and Mordecai rejoiced at their daughter's idea. Why hadn't they thought of it before? This year, they would host Sukkot, and they'd build the biggest sukkah the town had ever seen. Hadassah and Yehuda drew invitations and delivered the notes to all of their friends and family, in town. As they walked up and down the quiet roads, the scents of ripened fruit and freshly plowed fields surrounded them. Their smiling neighbors and family members accepted their invitations with delight. Everybody was going to celebrate in their sukkah. Now, they just had to build it. The family wandered through their yard and the forests behind the town, bringing back fallen branches and leaves to build their sukkah with. A sukkah needs to be made with natural materials, and the roof, is the most important part. It has to consist only of growing things like leaves, branches, and corn stalks. It should provide shade but still be open enough to let in the light of the sun and the moon and the stars. Hadassah wanted to make sure the roof was perfect because, if the weather was nice, she planned on bringing out her sleeping bag and staying in the sukkah, falling asleep beneath the moon and stars. Walking in nature during the harvest season was a marvelous thing to behold. The scents of ripened stalks and fruits hung heavy in the air as the family gathered the materials they needed. They watched farmers culling wheat and barley, picking figs and olives, and taking down bright red pomegranates from sprawling trees. Each person they passed gave them something for the sukkah. One olive farmer chopped some golden olive branches for the family to use for the roof. Another gave them figs and honey to serve as dessert. A third gave them cornstalks to help create shade during the sunny days. The family carried their goods home, excited to build the hut where they'd eat, drink and sleep over the next seven days. When they returned home, the family got to work building the walls of the sukkah. Let's make it as big as our house, Yehuda said. Let's make it bigger, said Hadassah. A small house means a big sukkah. Rivka and Mordecai smiled. The possibilities were endless. As they worked, more of the neighbors came to watch the massive structure go up. They brought more wood and decorative branches, plants, and leaves. The children drew pictures and made paper chain links to hang from the roof. The adults brought yellow orange and red gourds to decorate the tables. One of their neighbors, a talented gardener, brought myrtle and other fresh-smelling flowers and herbs to hang in the sukkah. Thanks to the help of the whole community, the giant Was beautifully decorated and full of sweet scents. The last part to be built was the roof. This was going to be the trickiest part of all because the walls of the Sukkah were higher than the walls of their house. Mordecai and Rivka carried a ladder up the roof and leaned it against the wall of the sukkah. The children handed them corn stalks, olive branches, and flat date palm leaves, which they carefully placed over the top of the walls of the sukkah. Yehuda and Hadassah stood inside and told their parents when there was the perfect balance of light and shade. Rivka and Mordecai climbed back down from the roof, and the whole family stood inside the new hut. The drawings, paper chains, and gourds shimmered under the light peeping through the branches and leaves above. The space felt like it was big and beautiful enough to throw a grand ball. Everything was perfect and ready for their celebrations. The next task was to gather enough food make the Sukkot meal. The family didn't have enough money to feed everyone they needed to, but the community would help them out. During the harvest season, all of the farmers leave a portion of their crops unpicked so those who can't afford enough food might gather them sustenance. The farmers also set aside some grains, olive oil, and wine so that everyone who wants to can celebrate the holiday. Rivka, Mordecai, Hadassah, and Yehuda passed through farmers' fields looking for crops they could pick. They found wheat stalks so they could make fresh bread, and shook palm trees until their fruits fell down. In woven baskets, they carried their food back home. They were glad for the kindness of their neighbors and knew exactly how they'd repay them before sukkot they would go to the market and buy the sweetest atrogue, a lemon-like citrus fruit for all their guests to smell and shake each morning of sukkot Every member of the household is meant to hold the etrogue in one hand, and a lulaf, a branch from a palm tree, three boughs of myrtle, and two branches from a willow tree, in the other, and shake them up, down, and side to side. While the plants needed to make the lulav are available to many people, anatrogue was harder to find, and it could be expensive to get a nice, bright, firm fruit. Often, the community shared several among them. Since the family was hosting so many for the holiday, They wanted to make sure they had the sweetest atroog they could find. The family all went to the market the day before Sukkot. They waved to their friends and family, some of whom joined them on their trip. The market was a social place in a town full of farmers. Smells of harvest greeted them as they walked down the bustling streets. Vendors sold figs, olives, dates, pomegranates, barley, and more delectable offerings. But thanks to the kindness of their neighbors, there was only one stall they had to visit today. They approached the Etrogue stall, where yellow oval fruits were piled on top of a wooden table. The fruit looked like a big lemon with a thicker, more rigid peel. Hadassa ran her hand over the waxy skins and took in the citrusy sweet scent. One atrogue in the back corner of the stall glittered under the light and looked particularly beautiful. When Hadassah picked it up, it was the sweetest smelling fruit she'd ever held. She told her family this was the one. They passed it between them, enjoying the firmness of the fruit and the way their hands still smelled like citrus, even after passing it on. Rivka paid the shopkeeper and thanked him for helping enrich their Sukkot celebration. Hadassah held the Atrogue high as they walked through the market. When they passed a friend who would be coming to their celebration tomorrow, she stopped to praise the Atrogue. Everyone will be so excited to shake this tomorrow, she said. the family wandered the familiar streets back home, appreciating the bright sun overhead. Sukkot always signaled the transition of the seasons. The warm summer months had come to a close, and colder, darker winter was on its way. One could appreciate each sunny day and evening ray of light, knowing the sun would soon go into its slumber. Hadassah liked knowing that the holidays helped celebrate the passing seasons. Sukkot for autumn, Hanukkah for winter, and Passover for spring. The autumn time was especially beautiful, for all the leaves were changing color, and fruits were ready to eat. But part of the beauty was in the change, and knowing that each season would turn into the next. Back at home, the family set to ensuring everything was ready for the holiday the next day. Hadassah and Yehuda made sure all of the decorations in the sukkah were hung just right. Rivka and Mordecai chopped fruit and vegetables. And roasted yams and potatoes in the oven. They also mixed wheat for honey cakes, so there'd be no preparation needed in the morning, only enjoyment. The last thing to do before going to bed was putting together the lulav. They picked through their foraging pile. Yehuda chose a long palm branch. Hadassah plucked three fragrant sprigs of myrtle. Rivka picked up strong willow branches. Mordecai took a stalk of green grass and tied them all together. No one knows for certain why these different plants are brought together to make the lulav, but Rivka and Mordecai had a theory that the different plants represent all the parts of the community. The atrogue, which is shaken with the lulav, is sweet-smelling and tasty. The dates from the palm branch are sweet, but have no smell. Myrtle has a lovely floral scent, but no taste. Willow has no taste or smell. Three different branches are brought together in the same way that all the different people in the community come together to celebrate in the sukkah. Sometimes, not everyone has space to build their own sukkah, or there aren't enough vitroogues to go around, but when people join one another, differences and all, it creates something beautiful. When everything was prepared, they laid the lulav and a trogue by the door, so they would be there to greet their guests the next day. Each member of the family curled into bed, dreaming of the celebrations they'd have tomorrow. As Hadassah drifted off to sleep, She imagined the next night when she'd be sleeping under the stars. The next morning, the family woke early. They poured each other cups of tea and ate apples with honey for breakfast. They didn't want to eat too much, because soon they'd be feasting with their guests. Hadassah and Yehuda set honey, water, grape juice and wine on the table and swept the floor for the leaves that had fallen overnight. They watched the morning sun glitter through the branches above, and dance on the gourds lining the table. Finally, the guests began to arrive. Hadassah and Yehuda managed the etrog station, while their parents greeted the guests and directed them to their seats. Each aunt, uncle, cousin, or friend who entered held the plants of the lulav in one hand and the golden natrogue in the other. They brought both hands together in front of them and moved the bundle up, down, left, and right shaking the leaves and branches as they went. Waving those celebratory objects in each direction symbolized that everyone in all corners of the earth was connected. A rhythm was found as the bundle was passed from guest to guest. The sound of the branches swishing through the air mingled with the laughing friends and singing birds. After shaking the bundle, the guests sat at one of the long tables in the sukkah. They chattered about how big and beautiful the hut was as Rivka Mordecai, Hadassah, and Yehuda started bringing out the food. First came soft, sweet bread, baked fresh in the oven, accompanied by wine for the adults and grape juice for the children. They dipped the steaming bread in honey, to appreciate the sweetness of their time together. Next came soup made from squash, drizzled with fresh figs and honey. Spoons happily clinked against bowls, and the slurping of soup added to the chorus of voices. Rivka and Mordecai went inside to get the main course. Roasted chicken, sprinkled with pomegranate seeds, olives, honey cakes, and a freshly chopped salad of tomato, cucumber, and onion, were all brought out to the table the guests heaped servings of the delicious food onto their plates, knowing this was what they'd spent all spring and summer working hard to grow. Above, a family of birds landed on an olive branch on the roof of the sukkah, and looked down at the feasting people below. For this one week of the year, the people lived outside just like the birds and animals, appreciating the rhythms of nature. The freshness of the vegetables and the savoriness of the meats satisfied the taste buds of everyone at the table. The smells and flavors mixed together in a way that made it feel distinctly like autumn. When the plates were empty and stomachs were full, Rivka and Mordecai cleared the table For dessert. They carried out bowls of fresh fruit. Figs, dates, pomegranates, apples, and grapes were passed around the table and drizzled in honey. The children poured a little extra honey on theirs. Outside The sun was turning golden, sinking in the sky, but nobody was ready to end the celebrations. The sweet-tasting food and drink helped the conversation flow even as the sky was changing colors. Some of the guests brought out instruments lutes and tambourines, and began to play songs. The adults sang a cheery tune, and the children ran outside to dance in the streets, bringing joy to all around on this holiday. Cool autumn breezes brushed the hair of the dancers as they took in the reds, oranges, and yellows of the leaves on the trees. The colors always looked most beautiful at this time of day, when the sun was getting ready for her slumber. Soon, limbs were getting tired, and the dancing slowed down. The singing grew quieter, and one by one, the guests started to leave. They left behind jars of honey and olive oil as gifts and thanked the family for building such a wonderful sukkah for their celebrations. The family hugged their guests goodbye, thanking them for spending a marvellous evening together, for celebrating alone in such a big sukkah would not have been much fun. Finally, it was only the family remaining. They cleared the table and swept the floor. A cool breeze whispered in through the wooden walls, and it felt like the perfect temperature to be snuggled under some blankets outside. Rivka and Mordecai brought out sleeping mats and pillows and the children carried blankets and sleeping bags. They each found a spot in the sukkah to lay out their bed for the night. One of the reasons given for dwelling in the sukkah during this festival is to serve as a reminder that everything is impermanent. One can gather all of the comforts one wants in a home, but these changeable dwellings remind one that even as things change, there is still joy and rest. Sukkot is a festival of wandering and a festival of rest. It reminds us of the Israelites who wandered through the desert and slept in huts, said Rivka. Yet it also urges us to find joy and rest in the wandering, turning the sukkah into a place of festivity. And a full day and night of festivity certainly made the children ready to rest. Hadassah chose the place in the sukkah closest to the door, so the fresh autumn breezes would keep her cool in the night. Yehuda set up right in the middle of the sukkah moving some of the chairs and tables to the side. Rivka and Mordecai made a nest near the wall of their house to remember that it was their modest home that helped them have such a grand celebration. Together, the family looked up at the half-moon and silver stars shining through the branches of the roof. The wind rustled the wide palm leaves, making the stars look like they were blinking in the night sky. Birds hooted in the distance, singing a midnight song. The walls of the sukkah gently creaked with the soft wind, but leaning against the wall of the small house, they found their strength. The family felt protected in the sukkah and all drifted off to sleep. Hadassah was the last to give in to her weariness, wanting to stay awake and drink in every moment of the holiday. The stars reflected in her eyes as she gazed up through a small window. the vastness of the night sky. Soon, her eyes closed too. She pulled the blankets tight around her and joined her family in a deep, restorative slumber.